Hey, it's Adam from Splendid Sports back here in the garage. You know what my favorite type of sports cards are? Vintage cards. And in this one, I'm going to show my vintage sports cards that are graded seven and above. I got baseball, basketball, even a boxing card. These cards are from PSA, SGC, BVG, even Beckett, the three major graders at this point in my mind. And this video was inspired by a YouTube sports card legend, Silver Jackified. He did a video a couple months ago where he showed his vintage uh, graded eight and above. And he used the year 1980 as the starting point. So eight, 1980 and on back for the definition, his definition of vintage. I agree with that. There's different opinions, but I'm going to go with 1980 and on back. And I chose to do sevens. Seven's my favorite number. So we're going to do seven and above. Sevens are better. And, you know, I personally feel like of all the sports card content that's out there on YouTube and, and podcasts and, and so forth, I don't hear enough vintage card talk. I understand why the players of the day, the modern and ultra modern cards, there's more to talk about, I guess, or there's just, um, you know, more, more content that can be created around them. There's more price movement. So I, I get it. And, you know, for younger people, especially it's, it's generally more fun and, and they're more interested in collecting active players, players that they're fans of that they can watch play. Uh, so I get it, but at the same time, you know, my personal story is a little different. I grew up in the eighties and nineties collecting cards, like many, many others out there. But, you know, my dad actually, while I was collecting the players of the day, the Ken Griffey juniors and the Wade Boggs, the Frank Thomases of the world, you know, all those guys that we were chasing back then that were, that were just starting out or were the, the players we were hoping would you know, become all-time greats. Some of them did. But at, at that same time, my dad was always telling me stories about the players of his day. He was telling me about Mickey Mantle, Stan Musial, Roberto Clemente, Willie Mays, Sandy Koufax, and on and on. Ted Williams, even Babe Ruth, which goes back a generation even further back. But mainly it was those players from the 50s and the 60s, mostly, that he would just tell me incredible stories about that, to be honest, were a heck of a lot more interesting stories than uh, the guys that I was following. So through these stories, I developed an interest and really a love for the players of those, those you know, vintage years back in the 50s and 60s. And, you know, the thing with the, the cards was I, I would have loved to be able to, to collect Mickey Mantle and Willie Mays, Ted Williams cards in the 80s and 90s. But to be truthful, uh, you know, not only did I not have the money to do that, because even back then they were expensive for the day, but I didn't even have a way to do it. Even if I had the money somehow, I didn't have a way to even acquire those cards. This was, this was remember, pre-internet, pre-eBay. I didn't go to card shows. There were no card shows even around me. I would go to my local card shop but my local card shop just had the players of the day they, they, of packs from the 87 tops. And, and, and you get the idea. They didn't have any Mickey Mantle singles for sale there. I couldn't even see them. Really, the first time I even got to lay eyes on vintage sports cards was through Beckett magazines, right? They show pictures. Uh, so, again, I feel like vintage is really, for me, the best cards. 
but I have a personal story and a connection through my dad and those stories. And I, I understand not everyone does, but I'm going to show some cards here. Uh, you know, I, I was able to really to continue that little story. I always wanted vintage cards, but it wasn't until about 10 years ago when I was maybe 30 that um, I actually had enough disposable income to really go out and start buying some of those vintage cars that I had always heard about of those players that were just so fascinating to me. And so for really the last 10 years or so, I've been buying those cards and, and adding them to my collection. So some of these cards I'm going to show here, the prices that they sell for today, you know, I wouldn't probably have been able to get those. But luckily for me, I did start this journey into getting these cards about 10 years ago. And, you know, some I've gotten recently, but some of the bigger ones that I'm going to show here, I've actually, you know, I acquired them, you know, seven, eight, five years ago, something like that in the past. So let me turn the camera around here and show some vintage. All right, so we're gonna look at graded vintage, starting with 1980 and going backwards, sevens and above, sevens are better. And these cards are what I guess you'd call more mainstream cards. I do have some vintage oddball cards that are graded seven and above, but I'm gonna save those for another video. For this one here, we're just gonna look at more of the mainstream stuff. We're gonna kick this one off with a bang. My favorite player, Larry Bird, a rookie card, 1980 tops. Probably one of the Mount Rushmore basketball cards right here. What's really cool about this one too, if you've if ever seen a lot of these cards, a lot of these cards have a print line, a manufactured print line right on the bottom right-hand side there. It's a horizontal line, black line that you'll see right under Magic Johnson. I, when I was gonna go to get one of these, uh, I wanted to make sure it was one that didn't have that line. You know, it doesn't, obviously it's still a great card regardless. It's one of the greatest basketball cards ever, whether you have that line there or not. But for me, I said, you know, if I can find one without that line, uh, I'm gonna go for one of those. And I did here. A lot of them do have, I don't know what the percentage is, but it might be, I don't know if it's 50% or more have that 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 line on it where, you know, the OCD in me prefers to get one without that line. So we're gonna go next. We're gonna move over to baseball. 1980 tops, Lou Brock, Carly Strumsky. I love this card because uh, not only I'm a big Yaz fan, but my parents were at the 3000 hit game for Yaz. My mom and dad were there and uh, in 1979. And this card is really, you know, highlighting that feat. Lou Brock and Yaz both hit their 3000 uh, hit in the 1979 campaign. And this is a, a PSA eight of that card. I'm gonna show these together, these four. So these four here. 1976 tops. They had a little, uh, I guess, insert set here of the Sporting News all-time all-stars. So what we have here is from left to right, we have Lou Gehrig in a mint nine. They're all mint nines. Lou Gehrig, Mickey Cochran, who was an all-time great catcher, who Mickey Mantle was actually named after. Mickey Mantle's dad, Mutt Mantle, was a huge Mickey Cochran fan, and he named his son Mickey. Now, 
I believe his, Mickey Cochran's real first name is Gordon, I think. And I think Mickey Mantle said, you know, long after, I'm glad my dad didn't know his first name was Gordon because I, um, I did much better with the name Mickey. <laughs> so uh, then we have, uh, you might've heard of Babe Ruth, Babe Ruth, and then Ted Williams. Love these cards and all mint nines in these. I'm gonna stick, we're moving now to 1975. The 1975 set had a bunch of these cards where they, you know, kind of um, celebrated things of the past. So this was 1956 Most Valuable Players with uh, the Mantle card, my favorite Mantle card, the 56 Tops, and uh, Don Newcomb. Now what's uh, extra special about this card, it's it's a nice mint nine, but this is an Opeachy. So it's even rarer to find uh, this card in mint nine in the Opeachy set. It's a good one. And then same with uh, 75 here. We've got a uh, PSA 8 of Mickey Mantle and Hank Aaron celebrating the 1957 MVPs. So the Mick won two in a row there. The next one, another 1972 Yaz card. I gotta give a shout out to Ryan Nolan of Breakout Cards. This is a card I, I bought off of him. I think it was over Twitter. And another Yaz card there, and a seven, uh, SGC 7.5, in action. Another, actually, this is funny, two in a row. Ryan Nolan, this was the first card, uh, whatever, I've had him on my podcast, I think it was at least a year ago. But this, what led into that was I, I bought this card. The It's a BVG 1971 Tops Willie Mays in a seven. I bought this card off of him. It's got great eye, eye appeal uh, with nicely centered. And um, this is a card that I'm a big fan of the turn back the clock cards from the 80s. And this is a, there's a turn back the clock card of Willie Mays that has this card from 71 on it. So I always wanted this one and I was able to get that. Thanks again, Ryan, for selling me this card. And on that same note, this is a 1970 Tops SGC7 Johnny Bench. Another card that was featured in a Turn Back the Clock card. I think it was from 1990. And uh, always wanted this card because I couldn't I couldn't get the original back in the day when I was collecting, but I did have the Turn Back the Clock card. So this card, when I was able to get it, uh, was extra special because it was a card that, you know, I've, I grew up seeing the image of. All right. So next, we're moving into the 60s. And we have, we're going back to basketball. John Havlicek, 1969 tops in a PSA 7. What a great set. And uh, I love John Havlicek, not only because I'm a lifelong Celtics fan, Havlicek stole the ball, but I was able, I think when I was about 10 or 11, I went to a celebrity golf tournament down on Cape Cod with my dad. And we met several athletes, many were from the Boston area. And one of them was John Havlicek. We were walking around the course and we just happened to see John Havlicek teeing off. And my dad said, hey, would you, you mind taking a picture with my son? And he, I'll tell you this, John Havlicek was an extremely nice guy. I don't remember everything, but I do remember just how nice he was. And it was in contrast to some of the other guys we met at that same golf tournament, uh, like Roger Clemens, who was not a nice guy. Let's just put it that way. Uh, so I'll just leave it at that. 
But John Havlicek, great card here in a PSA 7, and also a great guy. All right, we're going 1969, Tops. I'm just calling him Roberto Clemente. His name's Roberto. It's not Bob. Okay, it's Roberto Clemente, 1969 Tops in a PSA 8. Great, great player. One of the greatest throwing arms ever. One of the greatest outfielders ever. And then we're going Mickey Mantle here, 1968 Tops an SGC 8. Great card. And this one's got some nice eye appeal on it. I was able to get this card at about, I think it was less than half the going rate of a PSA 8. So cards like these where there's a significant discount, you don't see it all the time with vintage, but for whatever reason, I was, I think I got it over actually Twitter. I bought it on Twitter a couple years ago, maybe, or maybe a little less, but I was able to get it at a really good price. And, um, Great card. Same year, same set, 1968 tops. Look at these guys. Harmon Killebrew, Willie Mays and Mickey Mantle, superstars on the same card in PSA 8. And actually this card, this card was in, uh, I had this one in PSA, uh, excuse me, uh, PWCC in the vault. And they have their own little, you know, grading system where they, Tell you if like this one here, of all the PSA 8s, they give this one a top 15% of all the PSA 8s, exceptional. So just something that kept in there, but I agree. It's, I mean, look at the centering on that. Like if that was a nine, I wouldn't be shocked. So just one of the legendary cards with three of the greatest on there. Home run hitters, man. 69, or excuse me, 68 tops game, Mickey Mantle and a PSA 7. I'm gonna actually show these together. I got three of them, three of the best. How about this for an outfield? So you got Mickey Mantle in a seven, Willie Mays in a seven, and Clemente in an eight. That that would make a good outfield right there and a good heartier order. But I, I love these cards. It's a, again, 1968 Topps game. Real cool looking cards. Was able to get three of those. How about this one? Maybe this should have gone in the the oddball video. I, I don't know. This one kind of snuck in there, but this is a uh, 1966 tops rub off inserts, Mickey Mantle, gem mint 9.5 from BVG. Uh, you know, I was going to show you on the back. Basically they're scratch off. This was a little, you know, little inserts, insert set that tops put out. It's not a, it's not a card really, but, uh, so a gem, but it's still a gem mint. So really cool. And these are actually compared to cards, these are very affordable too in real high grade. All right, 66. Can you tell I'm a Mickey Mantle collector? 66 tops, Mickey Mantle in a seven. Great card, nice centering. 65 tops, Sandy Koufax. This is another card. They had, there was a turn back the clock card from the 80s. And again, that's kind of how I started out. My dad was telling me all these stories about how great Sandy Koufax was and Bob Gibson, all these guys. And the best I could do was these turn back the clock cards. So that's why I have a very special fondness for those turn back the clock cards, because that was the closest thing I could get at that time to being able to collect cards of, of these guys. Uh, but now I'm able to go back and get the, the original card. So this is a real, real nice copy here too and then we have pretty 
pretty uh, rare version here. This is a 1965 Opeachy Mickey Mantle, Mantle's Clutch Home Run uh, in a PSA 8. These Opeachy cards, if you check those population reports, are a lot rarer than, um, you know, the uh, just the, the tops version. So uh, this is a great card. I just love the love the image, the action photo. Is that, that looks like it's Bob Gibson there. Yeah, it's Bob Gibson throwing the pitch and, the, and Mantle hitting a homer. Yeah, let's check that. No, I'm sorry. Barney Schultz. Sorry, that looked like looked like Bob Gibson. <laughs> My bad. But either way, great card. And yeah, it was uh Yeah, the Cardinals. Okay, so anyway, that's a nice one there. And then we have 64 tops, Mickey Mantle in a PSA 7. Love this card. Look at the like, nice centering on that. I just like the pose there. He looks, he just looks angry like he's about to just murder a ball. And then we got 63 top stand usual in an SGC 7.5. Another card that was featured in the Turn Back the Clock series. So I made, made my way back to getting the original. And a nice version there. This one again, probably, this one probably snuck in, probably could have been an oddball card. Uh, 62 post serial Mickey Mantle hand cut in a PSA 7. So hand cut right off, right off there. And uh, it's got this one has um, post advertisement there on the back. All right, we got one of my favorite cards too. So 62 tops manager's dream Mantle Maze in a PSA 7. I did a, a video very recently where I actually had doubles of this card. I had, I was lucky enough to have a PSA 8 too. But as you can see here, this, this copy is very nicely centered. And uh, I actually like the eye appeal a little better on the 7. So what I did was I actually, actually sold the 8 recently and kept the 7. This is the 7 I'm taking with me long term. So that's just one of those examples where with vintage, it's not always the grade. Especially when you're looking at a difference between a seven and an eight, where the eight didn't have as good of left to right centering. It was better in probably all other areas, but this one still has really good eye appeal. And centering left to right is, is probably my number one eye appeal characteristic. So sticking with this one here. Uh we'll go and staying with 62 tops, Roger Maris. Number one, first card in the set in a PSA seven. Nicely centered there. We got, a, we got a, a bunch actually from 62. 62 tops, AL home run leaders, PSA 7. Mickey Mantle, Harmon Killebrew, Roger Maris, and Jim Gentile. It's a great, 62 tops, what a great set. And this was the set that actually inspired the 87 tops wood paneling background uh, because it was 25 years later than the, 60, the original 62 tops. This is one of my faves from uh, Mickey Mantle. I love, I just love the image. You got the blue sky, the Mickey Mantle, 62 tops, PSA seven, all-star. Nice centering on that too. The 62 tops, it's a tough condition set because you get the, the chipping on the borders, but you also, it's not a, most of the cards in the set aren't really nicely centered. So it's hard to find those high grade, highly uh, eye appeal cards. 
All right, this one, 1961, we're going basketball. 61 Fleer, Tommy Heinsohn in a PSA 8. And just to look at the centering and just coloring and everything, it's a great card. I, I could spend 20 minutes on Tommy Heinsohn. I'm going to keep it, keep it short, but as a lifelong Celtics fan, uh, I know what he did as a player, you know, with Bill Russell back, back in the, back in the day, right in the sixties here. Uh, but what means the most to me was Heinsohn as the announcer. My, my whole childhood growing up watching Celtics games, Tommy, uh, was, was the color guy. And it was just, you, there's only one Tommy Heinsohn. Any Anyone who's ever <laughs> listened to a Celtics game or watched one uh, with Tommy Heinsohn announcing, there's just, he was just one of a kind, never be another Tommy Heinsohn. And by the way, it was a great player, Hall of Fame player, Hall of Fame coach. And in my opinion, one of the best, probably the best color uh, NBA analyst ever. Now, I'm biased because I'm a Celtics fan. If you weren't a Celtics fan, it was probably tough listening to him as he complained to the refs. But from a great set here, 61. We're sticking with it. And these two, we got a couple big ones here, folks. 61 Fleer, Bill Russell. We got the PSA 7 and another PSA 7 of the two Russell cards in this set. The number 38 base card. And then the inaction card, number 62. I uh, I might be probably in the minority here. I know the number 38 card here on the left is worth, I think, at least double the price of the in-action 7, uh, PSA 7 here. They're both PSA 7. But the, the one on the left here sells for at least double of the in-action card. I actually like the in-action card better. That just as a, not only in these two cards, but just as a general rule. A more way more of an inaction. If I can have a card with a guy's, you know, playing shooting a basketball or like this one here, or with baseball, if it's a, you know, a picture of a guy taking a cut or sliding, I'd much rather have a card like that. Where because again, I'm a sports fan. That's I'm, you know, I I'm a big Bill Bill Russell fan, but you know, I'd much rather have a card with him playing basketball than just a portrait card. But they're both fantastic cards, hard to find in this condition. And if I ever sell one of these someday, I'm going to sell the, the one on the left. I know it will sell for more, um, and it will probably appreciate more in the long run. But again, I like the, I like the inaction better. Great cards. 61, the, uh, we got, again, probably could have been in an oddball, oddball video. New card, Scoops, Ted Williams hits 406 in a PSA 9. I love this set. And I love Ted Williams. 61, Tops, Mantle Blast, 565-foot home run in a PSA 7. We're getting there. Uh, these two I'm going to show together. It's from the same year. Two teammates, two drinking buddies. You've probably definitely heard of the guy on the right, Mickey Mantle. These are these are both from one of the best sets ever, 1960 tops. You got Mickey Mantle and a PSA 7 on the right. And then Ryan Duran, who was a closer. And this guy, he was the actual inspiration. You've probably seen the movie Major League, Ricky Wild Thing Vaughn. 
This guy was the inspiration in that movie for the character, for Charlie Sheen's character. This guy was a closer. He wore thick glasses. He squinted when he warmed up and he would throw the ball up against the backstop. And he was a fireball. He would throw close to 100 miles an hour. Great closer. And uh, again, he was it's kind of well known that he was one of Mickey Mantle's drinking buddies and they went out and had some good times together. Uh, but Ryan Duran, that's a PSA 8. And uh, just a great looking card with the glasses on. And uh, this, that again was one of the stories that my dad would tell me growing up. He would tell me the story of Ryan Duran, and he was just so good at telling him. He didn't, it was, he didn't know that Ricky Vaughn was the inspiration, but he would just tell me about, you know, you don't want to face that guy. He could, he could barely see and he threw a hundred miles an hour and he played into it too. He's probably the most feared pitcher in that era as far as, uh, you know, fearing for your life. All right. Actually, we got another one from the 60s top set all-star card, Mickey Mantle and a PSA 8. Just love. I mean, I would think 56 tops is my favorite, but 60 tops would probably be my second as far as the design of the cards. So I love that one. All right, we, we're officially making our way into the 50s. And this is a 1959 Fleer Ted Williams card uh, for the 1941 All-Star Hero. Yeah, I mean, the fact that a Gem Mint 10 exists in this card from 1959 is still baffling to me. Uh, I feel very lucky to have it. Uh, but this is just a great card for a big Ted Williams fan like me because Ted Williams has said that the home run he hit in the 1941 All-Star game that won the game was the highlight of, one of the highlights of his career. I think he said it was the his best, his favorite hit he ever got because it just meant so much to him at the time. And even after his career, he looked back and this was a major moment in his career. And it's a gem mint 10 in that card. Believe it or not, there's seven of these out there. So th this is this set, for whatever reason, is a set that there's a lot of highly conditioned cards in. And uh, this one being seven in that, one of seven that are gem mint in that card. We got... 1959 tops. Mantle hits his 42nd homer for the crown. PSA 9. Baseball Thrills, another subset that I love. I mean, there's there's so many cool cards in the Baseball Thrills run. Um, you got the Willie Mays one where he's, in fact, <laughs> why don't I just show it? So that's the that's the Mays, the famous the catch from Willie Mays. Love these baseball thrills. And this is a, a Willie Mays in a PSA 8. Again, these cards, even though I just, I love them. They're some of my favorites. They are actually more affordable than some of the other cards in the same era of the same players. So you can still get these type of cards in high grade baseball thrills for reasonable prices. 1959 Tops Mickey Mantle in a PSA 7. Beautiful card. Another Ryan Duran, <laughs> 59 tops, Ryan Duran in a PSA 7. Look at those glasses. We got, a, we got a BVG sighting. BVG, Mickey Mantle, 7.5, 1959 tops, all-star card. Nice eye appeal on that. Great card. 1958 tops, one of the best cards ever. You got Mantle and Aaron on the same card, series batting foes. 
And this is a PSA 7. Awesome. This card, 58 tops, Mickey Mantle All-Star and a PSA 8. I just love the design in this card. It just, everything screams the 50s to me with that design and the Mick taking a cut. This is a, again, a relatively affordable Mickey Mantle card from the 50s. I think it was triple printed, so there's a bunch out there and you can get a pretty high grade for pretty reasonable price, all things considered. Sandy Co, we're making 56 tops here. We're in uh, 1956 top Sandy Koufax, PSA 7. My favorite top set, just unbelievable design. Look at that. My dad, that was another guy, he'd always told me stories of how Sandy Koufax was, although his career was shortened from injury, was the best, best pitcher he ever saw. Same set, 56 tops, Willie Mays and a seven, PSA seven. Just look at that card, sliding in, unbelievable. And we got, we only got three more here, three more left. We got a boxing card, the one boxing card. This pro again, probably could have been, <laughs> definitely could have been an oddball card for that video coming up, but this is a 1956 adventure card and a PSA 8, Rocky Marciano, undefeated heavyweight champion. And this one's extra special to me because if anyone knows, if you know anything about Rocky Marciano, it's that he's from Brockton, Massachusetts, the same town that my parents are from. And both my mom and my dad grew up in Brockton, met there, and uh, been married for 50 plus years. So this card, because it just says Brockton on it and... Uh, just a great looking card and a PSA 8. My mom still says that uh, one of her claim, claims to fame is that she used to, when she was young, uh, starting out as a hairdresser, she used to do uh, Rocky Marciano's mother's hair. So she's very proud of that. And uh, he's the hero of Brockton. So that's my one boxing card. If I, I knew if I had to get a card of this guy, I mean, he's just an all-time legend and uh, has extra special connection for me too. Another one that has a big connection for me, 53 tops, Pee Wee Reese and a PSA 7. Pee Wee Reese was my uncle's favorite player. My uncle, I never met him. He, when he was in his early 20s, he uh, tragically died in a boating accident out on the Boston Harbor. And, uh, but my grandfather, his father, would always tell me, you know, that his favorite player was Pee Wee Reese from the Brooklyn Dodgers. And uh, one of the reasons, not only because he was just such a great shortstop, but my uncle was short. You know, he was only, I think, five foot six or five foot seven. And Pee Wee Reese was not a tall guy either, uh, but yet was just an all time great shortstop. And so, uh, you know, when I got back into being able to buy some vintage cards, I, I knew I wanted to get a Pee Wee Reese card just for that reason, uh, for that connection. And so I picked this one here. I think it's a great looking card. And then the last card, Stan Musial. Had to get a Stan Musial card in there. 1952 Bowman and a PSA 8. Stan the man, in my opinion, 
one of the most underappreciated players in the sports card hobby. He was, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, I'm a Mickey Mantle collector. He's my favorite player. But Stan Musial had a better career than Mickey Mantle. I mean, you look at the numbers. He was just, in every way, you know, he, he wasn't a Yankee, so he didn't win as many championships. But Stan the man, I mean, he, he was a better better hitter than Mickey Mantle. And, um, you know, it's just, if you look at the prices that Stan sells for compared to Mickey Mantle, it's unbelievable. And, uh, you know, anyone who's a big vintage person would, would know that. But if you, if you happen to be watching and you don't know too much about vintage, go back and, and look at Stan Musial. You know, just look at his numbers and maybe watch a few YouTube clips about Stan. I always recommend going and looking at the Sports Century videos that ESPN made. I think it was, they made them about 20 years ago, but they're all on YouTube. And there's one for Stan Musial that I think does a great job of really describing why he was a little bit overlooked because he played not in New York, which was the center of the universe for baseball in the 50s and 60s. Um, but he played in St. Louis, which people in St. Louis, he's their guy, but nat uh, nationally, he never really got the recognition he deserved. So to be able to get this card for a really reasonable price back when I bought it, um, PSA 8, and just look at the coloring on that and just awesome card. It's a great card to end this on. Uh, but I wanted to also say before I, before I leave here, I love vintage like I mentioned earlier. And uh, Silver Jackify, that video he made inspired me to do this one. And I hope... If I can inspire just one person to do another video like this, where they show their vintage, tag me, tag the Splendid Sports YouTube channel. And again, it doesn't have to be eights or above or sevens or above, anything. Show vintage, show your vintage and share some stories on why you love vintage and what they mean to you. And tag me because that's the type of content that I'm looking to see more and more of. As I mentioned at the beginning of this video, there's a lot of sports card content out there online with podcasts and YouTube, but there's, in my opinion, not nearly enough vintage content. So I'm doing a, my little part here, uh, but hopefully we could see more and more of it as more and more people start showing more of their vintage. Thanks for watching, and I'll be back with another video in the near future. Thanks again.